Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glad that you're here this morning. Actually, I saw Paul wearing that shirt proudly, and I thought about changing the, the lesson to what the Bible has to say about pride, but um, <laughs> congratulations to all the, the Longhorn fans on becoming Big 12 champs. Good game. Um, you know, we have traditions. Sometimes we let traditions go. Sometimes we have traditions that we do, uh, and we don't know why we do them. But uh, one of the traditions I remember growing up is a, is a good one that we've kind of let go, and I would like to practice it this morning. If, if you don't mind, and if you're able, would you please uh, stand for the reading of God's Word? Second Peter chapter 3. This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, through water, by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluge with water and perish. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. When the New Testament opens in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, the people of God have been waiting for a long time. And we don't take the time often enough to reflect on what it would have been like to have been a, a follower of God in the days just prior to Jesus' birth. There had not been a new revelation from God in 400 years. We often refer to this as the silent period between the Testaments. But I want us to think about this for just a moment. Consider our own history. The United States was founded on July 4th, 1776. That was 247 years ago. 
On March 2nd, 1836, the Texas Declaration of Independence was signed. That was 187 years ago. And so the people of Israel waited longer than Texas or even the United States has been in existence. They waited without any new word from God. They waited under the, the rule of, of oppressing empires. They waited while facing hunger, corruption, and high taxes. They waited and kept on waiting year after year, decade after decade. That's a lot of waiting. Now, traditionally, this time of year has been a season of waiting for Christians. And we read parts of Scripture like 2 Peter 3 and others about those who are patiently waiting on the coming of the Messiah. And we reflect on their lives and we consider how our lives are not that different. You know, we sometimes uh, give our children calendars that, that count down to the day of Christmas. And so we make them wait in anticipation for the big day. And patience has always been a virtue for the people of God. It's even included in that, the, the list of the fruit of the Spirit. And so part of being a Christian is learning how to wait well. And so we have something in common with the people who lived long ago. We today also live in a time of waiting. The people in the first century were awaiting the coming of the Messiah. They were waiting for God to, to show up and do something about the injustice they face and about the, the brokenness of their world. They lived in anticipation of what was to come. Now, we live in different times. Jesus has come into our world. He lived on this earth. He ministered to people in need. He laid down his life for others, and he was raised from the grave. And so we serve a living Messiah who has ascended and is now at the right hand of the Father. And all of this makes a difference. We are blessed in Christ Jesus. We are a part of God's kingdom. We know what, what others before us longed to know. We know of the power and truth of the resurrection, and yet we still wait. We wait for the return of the King. We wait for Jesus to come back again. We wait for the righting of all wrongs. We wait for the redemption of all things. We wait for the new heavens and new earth. And 2 Peter 3 is one of the passages in the Bible that's devoted to how we as Christians should wait. Because this is what God wants us to do. And, and not just wait, he wants us to wait faithfully. And so listen to these instructions here. Since all, all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. 
And so, since the end of the world as we know it is coming, what kind of lives ought we to live? This is the question that Peter's asking in this text. But he doesn't just ask the question, he answers it for us. He says we are to live lives of holiness and godliness as we wait for the coming day of God. And this is how we are to live as Christians. This is how we are to live in our present age. But Peter wants us to think about this. He wants us to contemplate it. And so we must ask, is this how we are living? Do we today, living in these times, anticipate the coming of Christ? Are we actually living as if he might come tomorrow? Or the next day. Well, I want you to notice this passage earlier in 2 Peter 3, which states, Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And so Peter says that there will be some who scoff at the second coming of Jesus because they are not waiting well. They don't believe it. Why? Because nothing's happened yet. And so there were people who were living right before the birth of Christ, who probably felt the same way. You know, it's been 400 years since we've heard from God. And nothing's gotten better. Every day is the same. Tomorrow will be no different. If we're not careful, we can become like this as well. We can become tired of waiting and just start to believe that every day is going to be the same. Now, the cure to this mentality, according to Peter, is to trust in the Word of God, because God is faithful, and we are to believe what He has said. And so why is waiting so hard? You know, when we consider this word patience, which we are to have as Christians, um, we, we probably associate it with small moments where we need to wait rather than react. And so we might think of how we're to be patient on the job or we're to be patient with our children or how we're to be patient with that nosy neighbor who gets on our nerves. And this is how we often apply this biblical truth. But early followers of God faced a different reality, a different challenge. They weren't just thinking about how to be patient in brief moments. They were thinking about how to be patient over years and over decades. They were thinking about this question, how are we to wait in the face of evil? And this is the question that they were wrestling with. This is the challenge that the recipients of 2 Peter face. How are we to be patient living in the, the Roman Empire that is seeking to oppress and persecute us? 
Now that's a different question than how to be patient with my spouse. They're both necessary questions, but they're different. And Peter's answer to this difficult question is to live holy and godly lives. In other words, keep doing good in the face of evil. Keep doing what is right in the face of evil. Keep telling the truth in the face of evil. And don't fight evil with evil. Don't succumb to the ways of the world. Live as Christ followers. Be different. Stand out. Be a light in the darkness. Is this easy? Absolutely not. Will we change the world in one day? No. In fact, the temptation is to take a shortcut, to believe that Jesus is not going to come back tomorrow or the next day, and to begin to live as the world does. And we must resist this temptation so we are found worthy when Jesus does return. In fact, this is the advice that Peter gives in verses 14 through 15. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. And so when Jesus returns, we are to be found without spot or blemish. We are to be found at peace. The world may be at war, as it always is, but we are to be found at peace. We are to live into a reality that is to come. You know, we sometimes give cards this time of year, um, and sometimes those cards will say, peace on earth. Do we believe that? Do we believe that, that Jesus is coming back to deliver peace. And if so, if that's what we believe, why aren't we living that way now? Why aren't we living as if what is to come is already here? We, we find another interesting statement in this text. Peter says, count the patience of our Lord as salvation. And so by practicing patience in the face of evil, we are being saved. By learning to wait faithfully, we are being transformed into the image of Jesus. And so patience is not an option. In fact, it is our salvation. We are learning to become the people that God wants us to be. Now, some may still wonder, why do we have to wait so long? That's a valid question. It's a question that Peter anticipates. Why hasn't Jesus come back already to bring an end to all the, the suffering and injustice that's found in our world? Well, here's Peter's answer to that question. He says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so he begins by saying that, that God looks at time differently than we do. What seems like an eternity to us is a short time to God. 
And not only are we to be patient, but God is being patient also. And this makes sense because we are to be like God. But why is God patient? Why is patience a virtue? Why is it something that is good? Well, Peter tells us this also. God is patient because he is merciful. God is patient because he wants everyone to be saved. And this is the type of patience that we are to imitate. We are to do good in the face of evil and and, and be patient and allow time to, to work on people's hearts. We are to imitate the goodness of God and patience will pay off in the end. And so waiting is not easy, but it is a blessing. It's a blessing for us and it's a blessing for others. And so for us, it is the path of salvation. It is learning to be like Jesus. It is an opportunity for us to walk in the ways of God. And although waiting is a challenge, we should not run away from it. We should not abandon it for another way. We need to see waiting for what it truly is. Waiting is God's tool for sanctification. And so God calls us to wait because he knows it's exactly what we need. We have not been transformed into the image of Jesus, but faithfully waiting will help us on our journey to becoming like Christ. Waiting is also a blessing for others. And so when it's difficult to wait, we need to remember that this is for the benefit of others. And we need to embrace the mindset of Christ and have mercy on those who have not found him yet. And so we wait not just for ourselves, but we wait for the people around us. We wait for the son or daughter who has walked away from the faith. We wait for the spouse who is yet to believe. We wait for the co-worker who's just unsure about Christianity. We wait for everyone who is yet to experience the goodness of Christ, remembering that this is exactly what they need. They don't need an impatient Christian who's itching to argue with anyone who's willing. They don't need a culture war hero who's upset at the world. They don't need someone to tell them how wrong they are over and over and over again. They need someone who looks like Jesus and who's willing to wait. They need someone who exhibits the patience and mercy of God. They need to experience the goodness and love of Christ. So we wait knowing that much good can come from it. We wait because it's what God wants us to do. So don't get frustrated. Don't become anxious. Don't give up. Don't disbelieve. We need to know and understand that waiting is from God. And those who wait well will be blessed in multiple different ways. We need to learn to pray with the psalmist. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. 
and in his word, I hope. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before your throne at this time. And we thank you for your patience. We are grateful that you have been patient with us as we have struggled to understand, as we have struggled to obey, and as we have struggled to conform our own lives to the life of Christ. We are not perfect. We are sinners. We fall short every day. But we thank you that you are gracious and merciful and that you continue to wait on us. Father, you understand that waiting is hard. And so I pray that your presence will be with us as we wait in a dark world. A world where the light sometimes seems as though it's absent. We know this is not the case, but it's hard. And so I pray that you'll be with us as we faithfully wait in these circumstances. And as we strive to be that light which seems to be missing. May we look more and more like your son, Jesus Christ, each day. This is our prayer. Amen. Won't you please stand and receive this blessing from the word of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace.